Thank you for tuning in at Ravenna Assembly of God. We hope you enjoy this message and are blessed from it. If you want to tune in to more messages, log on to RavennaAG.com and search under the media tab. Thank you and God bless. So today, I, I want to focus not just on the weapon of fear, but on weapons themselves. How many know that the enemy has an arsenal? How many know that he knows how to use his arsenal? And how many also know we don't have to fear that arsenal because that arsenal has already been defeated? Let me just walk through a little bit here, talk about how we work with how we deal with. Let me, let me take it back to a passage of scripture in just a minute that talks about the fact, remember how God had given Abraham and Sarah this awesome promise. Remember that one? One that would change their lives. One that demanded extreme trust. They would have a boy. Even though they were kind of far beyond the childbearing stage. Uh, he's 100, she's 90. Surprise! But if you remember correctly, Sarah was tempted to just compromise her faith in God. Because after she heard the Lord promise, if you remember in the tent, she did what? She, she laughed. And, and God, is, God, God noticed the laughter. And, and take a look at what he said. He said, is anything too difficult for the Lord? Think about that a sec. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? And of course, we can sit here in our Sunday pew and say, you know, well, yes, but can we say that really out there without hoping it's just some kind of rhetoric, some kind of learned words? Jeremiah echoed these same words. He said, Behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. Say that with me. Nothing is too difficult for you. See, many times, and, 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 and a main reason for what we go through is that we launch out on our own and end up encountering, as a result, the enemy's weapons because what we do is we fail to consider God's strength, God's might, God's powerful love for us. And we don't take time to think about his personal promises as a result. Instead, we just seem to mentally rush past these evidences of his faithfulness, of his, and, and, and what we do is we dismiss his ability to heal, to provide, to restore. And what we end up doing is that we move on, we move forward without consulting him about the future. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. I got one yes, do I have two? When we make a conscious decision to bypass God and his principles, 
I can tell you right now, we make horrendous mistake. One of the greatest mistakes that believers make, especially when it comes to the subject of sin, and particularly those weapons, is a lack of faith. One of the greatest mistakes we as believers make, we, we just sort of try to dismiss it, bypass it, walk beyond it, don't play with it, you know, we don't really understand it, don't know what it means or they have faith out of it. You know, and, and so we walk in an emptiness and we make the, well, without a strong faith in God, we will become targets for the enemy. Hello. And, and like Sarah, we're going to be tempted to laugh rather than obey. I, friend, don't try to muster up something you can't muster up to begin with. When I talk about having faith in God, it comes as a result of spending time with God in His presence. It, it comes, it, it, it's, it's a result of choices and decisions that we make to step into His presence. His presence is here all the time, is it not? I mean, that's just who He is. He's everywhere at all times and all powerful in those times. I make that choice to say, yes. I mean, let's be real. I don't mean to beat anybody up over the head. Because I noticed that none of you wore, didn't wear, you didn't wear your combat helmets. But how many of them even pray before they eat? Let alone go after God different times during the day to spend time in His Word. I'm not saying that because if you do that, you'll be a good Christian. What I'm talking about is the re revealing the, the reality of your heart. Because our, our behavior, our actions reveal our hearts. And, and friend, it, it's, it's, it's <laughs> look, it, look, look at what, what Proverbs says here. It's, it's a simple principle to avoid the trapping of the enemy, of Satan. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Look, the way to avoid his weapons is to stay close to the one who has promised to guide you safely through the danger. Even, 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 you know, and I, and I, you know how I view sin, the result of sin, the action of sin, but one of them, because sin is not so much an action as it is a condition. And, and what that produces is what we often call sin. Like the sin of compromise. That can lead to a number of other problems. Hello? If you're walking in compromise, then, then you know, you're, you're talking about the problems of, of gossip or, or doubt or even feelings of anxiety. When our lives are not firmly attached to God, then I can tell you, uh, trouble's on its way, it's coming, it's sure. And the same is true of every weapon on the list. For example, the weapon of fear can paralyze us 
and even tempt us to become jealous of others who are not entrapped by the feelings of, of, of worry, dread, or panic. I mean, let, let, let me just, there are two examples I want to give you here real quick. First, every weapon possesses or poses a serious threat to the path of the believer. Let me stop right there and, and, and just take a look at these things, okay? So as, as you take a look at them, I want you to take a look at, at, at the fear of the Lord uh, after, I'm sorry, the verse of scripture here. We have the, first of all, take a look at these weapons. These, these weapons that I'm referring to, I, I want to show you, these are just a good chunk of them, if I can, but you have the weapon of pride, you have the weapon of jealousy and envy. These are the enemy's weapons, okay? You have the weapon of insecurity, the weapon of compromise, the weapon of unforgiveness, the weapon of disappointment, the weapon of fear, the weapon of immorality, the weapon of slothfulness. I use the big word for the word lazy. Y'all saw that in the video, I hope. But I say this because this are, these are the weapons that affect believers. Unbelievers aren't affected by this because they've never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. Their lives are just basically one big, whole, huge explosion, period. There's nothing more devastating than living your entire life apart from God. A believer's battlefield is going to be marked with places of victory. Not every day is going to be a struggle. Hello? And not every trial is going to seem insurmountable. God has given us eternal victory. And we can say with the Apostle Paul that in the last days, difficult times will come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Friend, when, when we, when, when Paul faced extreme trials, he had an eternal perspective. That's key. But there is no way that, 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 that an unbeliever, a person who's lost, can feel this same way because they've chosen to walk straight into the battlefield with no way of detecting any of the weapons that are hidden in their life. And, and, and you trigger one weapon and a series of explosions just seem to boom, 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 take off, just, just hit one right after the other. For example, the enemy may gain access in your life through certain areas, such as the weapon of unforgiveness. But the enemy's overall plan is to trick you into compromising your faith and as a result, distancing you from God. And I'm, gonna, I'm here to tell you, he will not he will stop at nothing to achieve his goal. And the reason behind it? He knows that if he can get you into a spiritual ineffectiveness 
you will no longer be in a position where God can even use you. He wants to find a way to keep you from loving God and experiencing his love in return. He wants to find a way to keep you from loving God and experiencing his love in return. How can you experience his love when you continue to beat yourself up? When you continue to put yourself down? When you continue to remind yourself of every mistake that you've ever made? And especially this one, because those are doozies over here. When you look at yourself and you realize, you know, I don't have this right in my life, I don't have that right in my life, I don't have all these things in order and in place, I'm trying to my best. And all you know is defeat time after time after time. The enemy's winning a huge battle as he's brought out those weapons. As he's, as he's literally... To be loved is the greatest need that we have. Amen? Amen? To be loved unconditionally is the gift that God extends to everyone who accepts his son by faith. But to be honest, to experience this close, intimate relationship, you've got to be willing to, 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 to draw near to him through personal surrender and submission. What so many do is they, they wait for the oh to happen, like something's going to come down on them and just engulf them and just, you know, they're going to crawl. Let me tell you, there's some body lotion out there that'll do the same thing, right? What, what, I, what I'm trying to say is here is, 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 is we've got to be willing to what? Be submissive. And, 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 and I say that because when we talk about this, <sighs> surrendering is, is one thing. Being submissive is a whole different other thing. And this is where the rub usually takes place. There's a lot of people that just don't want to bow their knee to God and they walk away from him without a second thought about where the path they're on is going to take them. I, I know I'm preaching to the choir here this morning, but let me preach, okay? There's, there's, there's a lot. Of, you, you can go to church every Sunday and still up getting hit by weapons in your life if you're submitted to God. If you don't hear me say anything else this morning, this is what you need to hear me say. Living for Christ involves a heart commitment and not just a personal performance. Living for Christ involves a heart commitment and not just a personal performance. There are going to be times when you come up on a weapon and it explodes on you. That's exactly what happened to Peter on the night that Christ was, was arrested. Remember? At one point, he promised God, Lord, I'll, I'll never betray you. I'll never turn on you. I'll follow you no matter where you go. I'll die. And he, 
cringed when he heard Christ say to him, telling him those words that on that very night, you're going to turn away. Peter, like most of us, did not want to believe the obvious, which revealed his vulnerability to enemy attack. We like to think of ourselves more highly than we ought, so to speak. And again, let's be real. Those things reveal our vulnerability in the end. Look, the, uh, the, uh, many of you know uh, the book, My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. He writes this in that book. He says, this, there is only one relationship that matters that is your personal relationship to a personal redeemer. <coughs> Whoa, excuse me. Redeemer and Lord. Let everything else go, but maintain that at all costs. And God will fulfill his purpose through your life. Always remain alert to the fact that where one man has gone back is exactly where anyone may go back. Kept by the power of God, this is the only Savior. Those are huge words. Let me say this, and please hear this. God wants to use the brokenness that we experience in the aftermath of a weapon used against us. God wants to use the brokenness in that experience. And after his resurrection, what did he do? He made it a point to reinstate Peter and even commission him for greater works, huge things. And this is what he wants to do in our lives. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, that's what he wants to do in you. You good looking thing. This is the second most important thing I would have you remember. If a weapon had the power to completely destroy a child of God, then it would have more energy and more velocity than God. But it don't. Hello? If that weapon that's used against you, if what you find yourself being succumbed by, turned upside down, if it had more power to complete, if, to, if it had the power to completely destroy you as a child of God, it would have more energy and ability than God. But it doesn't. God is omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. Those are big words for me to use. But I'm going to hear, I'm, can I just make a simple statement? Absolutely nothing is greater than our God. Amen. Look, there, there are two ways that we encounter weapons. I want to walk through them with you. First is by taking a route that God does not want us to travel without knowing the consequences. Man, many times we make mistakes. Hello? Who had no problem in not making a mistake this past week? Who, who, who did not have a problem not making a mistake yesterday? Oh, we got two of you. See, there are times, and I have been down this road where we may sense God warning us to be careful and, and not to take a wrong step, but we do it anyway. 
thinking that, oh, you know, it'll be okay, it'll be all right, you know, no biggie. And when the weapon hits, it's like, oh, God. And, and, and you know, because that's not who we are, we immediately turn back to him and, and, and ask his forgiveness. And, and I'll tell you straight up, his, 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 his grace sufficiently covers us in those times. Now, we might still have to face and deal with the consequences of our actions, but we also have a, an incredible reality of peace within our hearts because we acknowledge our choices and we asked him to lead us back to safety. The second one here is by making a choice without any consideration of God. In other words, we know what the consequences are. We know they're there. However, our passion and desire to reach our goals supersede what we know is right. Boy, that's all over the map. That can be, it, just get to the meat. We're the enemies of trigger. No, that's a real word or not, but it's it's word I'm using. Oh God, I need, I need more money, God. God, I need you to financially, it's difficult. I'm going through. And 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 so, you know, you know, God blesses you with a better job or this, that, or maybe uh, some overtime takes place on Sundays. It continually keeps you out of what he's asked you to be a part of. What are the consequences? They're, they're all over the map. I'm not trying to. Are you saying we should not work overtime on time? I didn't say that. I'm talking about a weapon that is used against us. You can talk about weapons from everything from that. that. The enemy's good at what he does. The problem is we make choices without consideration of God. And 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 and, and our passion and desire to reach our, our goals. They supersede what we know is right. Remember Sarah? Sarah laughed because she was being cynical, not because she thought God was funny. If she thought about what she was doing in the presence of God, I think she might have done something else, like maybe bowing down and worshiping him. And the same is true for each of us. Every day, we make countless choices. Some include important decisions, while others, on a human scale, just you know, seem to be minor. From God's perspective, some of the smallest decisions are the most important because they reveal our true nature and character. Look, this is why... I found myself in this position more than once where, you know, you're going through the checkout counter and and uh, the clerk uh, counts back the money, gives you the money back, and they gave you too much. What do you do? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. No, that's not what you do. It's not worth it. No. It, it, we give it back. Hello, parents exactly what our children and it's, it's exactly what our peers need to witness you know 
and they need to witness it overflowing in our lives. Man, when I'm enabled, there, there are times where, you know, the person in front of me actually gets their groceries paid for. <laughs> you ought to see the look on some of their faces. And you know what I've tried to do? I knew God was leading me to do something like that. You know what I've done? Well, let's see. How many groceries do they really have? You know, what kind of groceries do they have? Yeah. Oh, I'm, 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 not, gonna, uh -uh. I'm not going to pay for anybody's groceries who buys Lucky Charms. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. When God tells you to do something, you do something. But the impact is unbelievable at times. I've seen the tears. Look, it, it's, it's, it's not about doing something nice. It's about being led by what he's asking you to do. And that comes from a godly desire to avoid weapons. Even the small ones that can be just as deadly as the large ones in, in, in that case. If we say one thing but act in another way, we're just sending the wrong message to those who are around us. And while some may not know the truth, God does. And one day he's going to ask us to give an account for the times that we have chosen a path that leads straight into harm and danger. Look, at many times you might think, you know, is it safe to travel this, this road that's in front of me? And what the enemy has laid out in front of you? You just see all the... And the answer is yes. You know what? Things are safe. You do not have to become a victim of his deadly arsenal. God is willing to protect you. God is willing to protect you. And he can do this if you're determined to travel with him. But if you... If you are determined to travel without his protection. Look, every day you face those weapons. But even when, when, when that weapon hits, when it takes place, God has this, this thing about dispersing the intensity of that blast that comes at you. See, another important step is that you can take in clearing the, the road of dangerous weapons is this thing I call exposure. But not the Satan's ploy. Instead, exposure that I'm talking about is opening up our heart to God and ask Him to search the landscape of our lives and, and reveal those things that are not keeping with His best. That's when you realize the road to victory, my friend. The truth is, your life has built-in armor because the Spirit lives within you as, as, as a child of God. Even, even though you may choose at sometimes to maybe not make the wisest choices or to step away from his will, his love, hello, his love still covers you. Uh, I mean, take a look at, at, at Peter there, at 1 Peter in chapter 4. Hmm. got to get back to it. Excuse me. 1 Peter chapter 4, it says, hmm, above all, Keep perfect in your love for one another because love does what? Anger should sure don't. But love does. Look, he doesn't agree 
with the actions from the choices that we've made. But he never stops loving you. Please realize that. The enemy would make you think otherwise. And, 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 and when you turn your back on him, he forgives and he restores the relationship that you share with him as your savior and, 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 and loving father. Look, look, listen, please. God forgives and his forgiveness will redirect the enemy's potentially deadly blast that hit your life. I like what David said here. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Okay. David has this humility about him that brings about an evidence of his desire to strip away anything that would separate him from the Lord. Did he make mistakes? He made some doozies. But his words also reveal his heart, the heart of a man who had learned to avoid a lot of spiritual dangers. So, number one, David was proactive. He wanted to know God, and he wanted to know God's ways. Friend, do we want to know God? Do we want to know his ways? Also, David had a submissive spirit. He didn't have his own agenda in mind, but actually he wanted to please God above everything else. That's what his life was all about. And David's life was open to God. Please hear that. Open to God. David was willing for God to try him and to see if he had learned what he needed to know. Now, people, people ask, how can I avoid sin? You're going to grapple from time to time with, with temptation and trial. Hello? You're allowed to admit it in church, you know. You're, you're going to grapple with it. It's, it's that simple. Sometimes it comes as a result of our actions of sin or our condition of sin. And another time it comes as a part of living in a fallen world. Weapons can explode in either case. Now I'm not planning on watching what I'm seeing on TV at the moment, right? I'm not planning on seeing that billboard that I drove around. You know, I'll never forget, you know, being in England one time on a bus coming around and they had this billboard up. I won't tell you what it was, but it was enough to go and say, what? You know, and there are things that are going to take place that explode on you. They're used as weapons against you. And we can experience, you know, even a season of difficulty that leaves us struggling. Say, for example, in finances. Financially, in finances, put together, finances. You know, and, and <clears throat> you know, I can feel victorious. Oh man, I've got it together now. And then I look at a friend who seems to have a lot more than I have, and all of a sudden this thing called envy and jealousy begin to build. I got to realize I still, I must make a choice right here, right now, to narrow my focus to either the problem and the and the weapon. Or to turn to God and say, hey God, 
forgive me and seek his help and his strength. If I may, <clears throat> excuse me, the second choice, obviously, there's going to be victory. If I take a direct hit from a weapon, I, I must, I have to admit that. My mistake, not get stuck there and fester, but ask God to help me to get back on track. David wanted God's will for his life, and he prayed, lead me in the everlasting way in, in Psalms 139. He had an unquenchable desire to know God. Look, friends, when, when, when that is the goal of your heart, an alarm goes off inside of you. And, 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 and it's like we're walking down the road, and, and as we're walking, we just, there's something inside of us that says, uh uh. Uh uh. Wrong path. Wrong direction. You don't want to mess with that, you know? And, but, but, you know, that, that, that we, we get that. And he said, take another approach. And each step we take with our conscious choices causes us then to get closer to stepping or being hit by the enemy's weapon. You know what that's called in my book? It's called God Gaining Our Attention the Hard Way. God's going to allow our faith to be stretched in ways that we, 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 we didn't think we could bear. But each time a trial comes or increases in intensity, you and I are stretched a little further. And in the process, God is strengthening our faith, building our trust in Him, and, and, and teaching us to, to watch for His direction. It's where we come back and we remember the verse like from Isaiah 54 where it says, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. No weapon formed against you will prosper. I, I, let me pull something out here real quick. Because what I'm saying here is, is every tongue that accuses you in judgment will condemn this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their vindication is from where? Yeah, from me, declares the Lord. No weapon formed against you is, is going to, will prosper. And every tongue that accuses you with judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their vindication is not in their strength, not in their power, not in their might. It's from me, declares Adonai, the Lord. Look, when you're in a difficult situation, one that would tempt you to get off the course that God has planned for your life, the most powerful thing you can do is go to God's word and to pray. Pray, Lord, point me to the anchor that I need from your word. Did you hear that? Anchor. That's what I want to talk to you about. Anchor. Point me to the anchor that I need. From. There is one thing about an anchor. It don't move. The anchor that holds fast within our hearts is our relationship with Jesus Christ. 
He is unmovable. He is unshakable. And when he gives you a promise of hope, you can cling to that, knowing that he is going to protect you and your life in amazing ways. Can somebody say amen? You know what the enemy's weapons are. Where they are located. How to avoid them. The question that you have to answer is, how will you handle them? Do you ask God to help you avoid them so you don't have to be devastated by their blow? Again, the psalmist writes and says, the steps of a man are established by the Lord and he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. Well, God is the one who walks with, walks you through each day. The road that you're on does not have to lead to a combat zone, friend. As a believer, you're going to go through many trials, many disappointments, but you learn, like the weapons that the enemy brings along your way, to avoid serious... Look, in the process, you're going to... During those times, it's called gaining a depth of intimacy with God that you cannot gain any other way. How many of you here just love pain? Good, I'm scared that somebody might in here. But the whole point is this. Without, what's the old saying? No pain, no gain. Some of the most intense times with God for me have come as I have gone through what I've gone through in this world by what the enemy has thrown my way. God has taught me, He has shown me. I've learned to identify with people differently. There's something about moving, there's something about really knowing when it comes to the battlefield and you're there with no way of escape except be or to find cover in his sheltering arms. David learned there was only one place for extreme safety and that was in God's extreme care. I'm here to ask you this morning, all of us, do you trust him to order the steps of your life, to lead you along the pathway that is secure from enemy effect and grant you a genuine peace that cannot be stripped away by anything this world throws at you. When you do, you'll be amazed at the feeling inside of you. Even though there will be occasions where you face serious temptation, you're not going to fall as long as you are holding on to God's hand and God is holding on to yours. Friend, this world is throwing out these weapons that are exploding all around us with this thing and that thing and this condition and that problem and this world. i got news for you. We're in the world. 
but we're not of it. He wants to give your life meaning, hope, purpose. He knows all the times that you have failed and he still loves you and forgives you when you turn to him and ask for his forgiveness. He will take you from where you are, oh yes he will, to where you need to be. He knows exactly how to get you on the right path to one that is without the enemy's weapons, the path he has chosen. In the process, he's going to satisfy these deep longings in our hearts. He's not going to disappoint us because he always chooses the best for us to enjoy. He has a fantastic plan for you. Oh, yes, he does. And it doesn't matter whether you're six or 96. The moment we say, Lord, use me, train me, teach me about yourself, he answers your prayer. And I got news for you. All of heaven rejoices. There's this incredible contentment and an eternal peace that becomes ours forever. I'm here to declare to you, he is an anchor that doesn't move, that is unshakable in so many different ways. Would you, would you stand with me here this morning? And as you stand, I want you to ponder some of this. As we listen to this song, it's an old song. I remember it as a young person, that's how old it's gotten, really old. But how many know the anointing on that song doesn't change? You want to sing with it, sing with it. I know I will. But listen to it as we sing it. As we share it. Bye. 
there's a place that we've reached where we have forgotten all about the anchor, which is that relationship with Jesus Christ. As we've allowed one thing after another, the perpetrators, the terrible the power of Christ that should be reigning and living through his children. Instead, they're torn apart by every conflict, every issue, every weapon that has been listed. He's been using in so many lives. And believers, it's time to turn the tables. know it comes as a result of being vulnerable to his attacks. To being in that place where those weapons are able to be weaponized in my life and have impact. There's no disbursement. It's a full head-on contact and it takes you down. That's the change who God is. And God is able to lift you back up and restore you. Make you whole. He's not done with you. He's not finished with you. Your life is not. Is there anything too difficult for God? Now this morning, if you're in this place and you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, you don't know that peace that we talk about. You don't know that assurance. But you can. It's a simple yeah, I said simple. I don't mean to underscore or, or, or devalue it. It's not. It's just God doesn't do this to make it difficult. Like you have to live up to something. God is looking for you to simply say yes in your hearts to what he's done for you. If you're here in this place and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, that invitation is to you this morning. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for what you've been doing in our midst and in our hearts. God, you've destroyed the works of the enemy. You've destroyed them. They have no power until we give it to them. Lord, I pray in our hearts as believers this morning, there be laying hold of the anchor once again. I pray for those who are here this morning that might not know you, that in their heart and lives, there's a choice that's being made to say yes to you. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask that question this morning. You're in this place, and the truth is, in your heart, you know you need that relationship. Right now, God's just, he's, he's actually dealing with your spirit as hard as you're trying to avoid it. You'll, 
right now, I just want you to know that if you make that choice, you'll make that change. He will become, He will heal your life. You take that first step, and He does the rest. If you're here this morning and you're, in your heart you're saying yes, yes to that relationship with him, yes to what he's done for you, I'm asking you to affirm that. Right where you stand, just simply with an upraised hand, right where you're at right now, would you affirm that yes in your heart that I'm saying yes to God? Amen. God bless you. Come put that hand down. Yes. You're here this morning. You're here this morning. God's dealing with your heart. God's dealing with your life. say yes. I'm asking one more time. This is the last time. Would you affirm that by, by an upraised hand? That's me. That's me. That's me. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for those hands. I thank you for what you're doing in those lives. And I thank you for what you're doing in all of our lives. Holy Spirit, I thank you for completing the work that we those who have raised their hands this morning, Lord, I pray that they will continue to know your peace, your presence, your assurance. It's not about a performance. It's about a commitment. And I pray that right now, overwhelm them with your hand. Church, I'm going to ask you to pray this with me, but I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer from your heart if you raised your hand this morning. Not just repeat it. Pray it from your heart. This is where it's at. This is what is helping to make you make that choice. Pray it with us. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sin. Save me and be my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Friend, I'm going to make this as simple of an invitation as I can. Whether you raise your hand here this morning, whether you're a believer here this morning, I believe that God's working with believers in this place concerning the choices of the roads and paths that go down. He's been trying to show you that you have made yourself vulnerable to those weapons and that he's hitting you around every corner and they're keeping you from his love, not from his love, from his blessings and from him being able for you to do what he has purposed you to do. He shut you down. God can't use you because you, mm. this morning it's all about I have an old saying, if you're going down the road and all the cars are coming at you, you're the, maybe you're the one going down the wrong way, the one-way street the wrong way. You know, if you're getting hit and blasted by every turn, it's time to come back to the anchor. It's time to, it's time to know that faith will revive 
so if you raise your hand, I invite you to find that place and want to pray with you. But believers, I'm inviting this, I'm inviting you to this invitation. Let's find that place, that anchor this morning to go after you. As they sing it this morning, I invite you. Let's find that place. Let's find that place. Overwhelmed by the 